0: Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to the Barca Blog Us Podcast. My name is Josh. Hope everyone is having a lovely, lovely day. Uh, I am. It's Friday. I feel good. Had a vacation last week. Hope you all enjoyed the interview with Emil and where we talked about the potential downfall of Barcelona. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. We didn't talk about that. I mean, in some ways we did because I think if if you uh, if you criticize Messi in any way, you are approaching on endangered territory or, uh, not endangered. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what I'm looking for either way. It was a very fun conversation. I enjoyed it. Be sure to go listen to that. If you haven't this week, I'm riding solo. Um, We're going to do a preview of Barcelona's match against Napoli. And then next week, I hope to have someone on to kind of dive into the after effects, because I think regardless of this result, which we're going to talk about, um, there's going to be a ton to discuss regarding Barcelona, just given, um, you know, if if they lose, there's going to be a lot to talk about, obviously, because uh, there's there's just no way they should lose this match. And then um, if they, you know, if they somehow win... Which I would expect them to win, and there's going to be lots to talk about with their uh, their round of, I guess the quarterfinals against um, against probably Bayern Munich. Uh, anyways, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. We are on Apple pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Google, Stitcher, all all the places. Um, in terms of Barcelona news this week, there, there's a lot of transfer stuff, right? I think like the Rakitic thing is heating up a little bit. There's a report that uh, Barcelona are willing to sell him to Sevilla for a pretty affordable cost. I want to say it was like $10 million. Um, I think they're just trying to get any sort of funds to pull together some sort of last seconds. Um, mm-hmm. A last-second Luturo deal. Uh, Josep did come out and talk about the... Um, the the Neymar situation and I think this is pretty you know he 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 had some he had an interview this week where he talked about youth players that I wrote a short piece about um and then also he discussed the Neymar situation and I think the quotes are interesting so I'm going to go ahead and read them this is courtesy of sport uh quote in the current situation no PSG don't want to sell either which makes sense as he's one of the best players in the world last summer we tried really hard to sign him but this summer we won't even try and of course it, it if I didn't give the context before this quote, he's talking about Neymar. Um, he goes on, quote, the club lost $200 million between March and June in the 2021 season. We expect to earn, I think, gosh, unless that's written, uh, $1.1 uh, but that's likely to be 30% less now. If the situation doesn't improve, they won't be, there they won't be people in the stands. There won't be people in the stands at the museum or the shops, and we'll keep losing money. This will cause us to revise our spending plans and which ones can wait. We have to adapt. Um, he also kind of discussed Latour Martinez. Uh, he said that talks with Inter have been put on hold. Um, he said that a deal is unlikely explaining that the current situation doesn't allow for major transfer fees. And I, I, I frankly, I think that's why you've seen kind of a slow, um, like the, the Latour stuff has kind of started to go to a trickle recently. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of news on it. And I think that's because just like, I think both sides are just kind of accepting like for what inter want for him and frankly, for what they deserve for him. Um, Barcelona just aren't going to be able to provide that given the current economic situation. And I don't necessarily... It's obviously, like, it's not a great thing, um, just given kind of how much effort they put into those talks. But, like, no one's paying cash for players right now. Um, And... (laughs) For Barcelona to facilitate any sort of deal like a Lautaro deal, they would need a ton of cash. And so, when you're trying to sell, you know, when you're only getting 10 million for Rakitic to Sevilla, right, as one of the rumors is, um, you're really not even getting close to what you to what you want. Like I know Arsenal's potentially interested in Rakitic, but like you're not going to get a ton for him. I know Braid White. Uh, there's there's rumors that he's going to West Ham United, um, even though you know he. Um, I think Luis confirmed with sources. um, Let me make sure I'm getting that right. Yeah, Luis said, yeah, we can confirm that report having to spoken to other people within his orbit that Braithwaite does want to stay at Barcelona and continue to fight for more minutes. Um, (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, I don't blame him, right? Like, if you look at how Barcelona are going to have to navigate this transfer window, it's not like they're going to be able to bring in any other strikers that would be better than him right so if you're him and you have Luis Suarez who has a tendency to get hurt Antoine Griezmann and Messi are both getting older like why not stay at Barcelona and fight for minutes um if they can't sign another striker that's not not a horrible idea um AS Roma have apparently joined the the pursuits of Samuel Umtiti uh and 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 that's kind of it for uh I think there was a 23 million dollar kind of cap set for eric garcia for manchester city as well um he's not going to re-sign with manchester city so that kind of opens things up a little bit all right um let's take a quick break and then we're going to dive into barcelona versus napoli i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here us in conversation with business icons already and we're back um so barcelona versus napoli the previous score is you know 1-1 barcelona have the away goal of course this will be played in the camp Nou behind closed doors which makes things a little interesting doesn't necessarily give that home field advantage uh but i don't think it's going to matter too much so this scenario sets up perfectly for barcelona right like if you were to if you were to if if you were to not know who Barcelona was playing in this Champions League matchup, but you were to lay out the pre existing conditions for this match, right? Barcelona coming to the match, they blew their La Liga lead, even though it wasn't that much of a lead, right? Like they still had a lead in La Liga, and they ended up finishing in second place. Uh, the The star of the club, Lionel Messi, is reportedly at odds with Quique Setien and um, the Barcelona board, and there are there, there's conflict happening, right? And so I think if you laid out all of those scenarios, you would basically have a situation wherein you just wouldn't feel comfortable about Barcelona heading into their Champions League matchup. Um, but... Given the team that they're playing, right, a Napoli team that I think finished seventh place in Serie A, let me confirm that, I think that's like their, oh my goodness, I think that's like their worst uh, domestic finish since like 2009 or 2010, I read, um, and it just, frankly, just makes things pretty tough for uh, for Napoli to do anything consistent against this team. I think the good news for Barcelona, too, is that you're seeing um, a, a squad that's going to have uh, Antoine Griezmann and Frankie de Jong back. Uh, the, the de Jong addition is huge for this because Sergio Busquets and Arturo Vidal are out, meaning the midfield is going to need a bit more help. So I'd expect like a Rakitic and de Jong midfield. The... <laughs> The biggest thing here, again, is you would hope that... Or not you would hope, but basically, Napoli are in such shambles. Despite, you know, they won their last league game of the season 3-1. They've played more recently, only a week ago um, on August 1st, I think. So they're going to be more fresh in terms of field time. But I think if anyone needed time off, it was Barcelona. Hopefully, they've used this time to kind of regroup and recenter their thought processes behind the Kike Setien... um, of tactics and plan because uh, if any th- like if any team is going to cause problems for barcelona in terms of like fluidity it's going to be napoli right like even though th- they've played like crap you would think that they're going to um that they're going to be a physical that they're going to try to create problems for barcelona in the midfield and that they're going to try to fluster any sort of uh fluidity that barcelona try to maintain and whether or not they're actually capable of doing that in a consistent fashion it remains to be seen. We'll see that tomorrow, obviously. Um, but, you know, if you're going with the Barcelona you know, midfield of Rakitic, Roberto, and De Jong, and then you have Messi, Suarez, and Griezmann up front, you would expect a positive Barcelona attack. And then on the Napoli side of things, you would expect them to, uh, I mean, like, I think it's stereotypical to say like, oh, an Italian team coming into the camp now, they're just going to park the bus and they're not going to park the bus. Right. But they're also they're also not going to play like idiots. And I think we should see um, a Napoli team that plays more conservatively um, or or they could come out and just, you know, (laughs) say, screw it and just go for gold. Um, The. I don't even know who I would pick to be like the deciding player for Barcelona in this match. Like, you would hope it doesn't come down to Messi again. You would hope that the time off having De Jong in the midfield and Rakitic in the midfield and Roberto in the midfield. Like, I like this midfield lineup. I like going for more of this um, less defensive minded, like, not having Vidal and Busquets in there is obviously going to hurt them on the defensive side of things, but I like this positive. this potentially positive forward thinking Barcelona attack, um, more free flowing, hopefully control the pace, control the possession. And, um, like you, I have to pick Barcelona to win. Um, not even in terms of like, this is a Barcelona podcast, but just, I think in terms of even Barcelona at their, like not world-class best are still should be better than this Napoli team. Um, Ironically, uh, in the preseason for this season, all the way, gosh, like I guess it's been like about a year now. Just, I mean, all that's changed in a year is crazy. But I guess like about 12 months ago is when I went to Barcelona against Napoli in Miami, and got to see their preseason match against each other. And that's when Ancelotti was still at the squad, and Valverde was still managing Barcelona. And um, so it's, it's funny that 12 months later, they're meeting in the Champions League after everything that's happened in the last 12 months. And different managers, um, Napoli, I think, were a lot more positive about their chances 12 months ago and looked a lot more positive than they have. Fast forward 12 months later, same thing with Barcelona. Um, I remember in that match watching in Ousmane Dembele fly up and down the pitch and just being amazed seeing him in person. Um, it was Griezmann's, I think, first match at Barcelona from from what I'm remembering maybe his first or his second um yeah a lot's changed in 12 months for, for both these clubs and for everyone else um so yeah I wanted to keep it short um hopefully next week we'll have a bit more of a kind of a a rounded and and this match is hard to preview right because we haven't seen barcelona in a bit um we're not sure what they're going to bring to the pitch we're not sure the status of like the team's morale um they're just like kind of hunkered down and we're gonna see if they've taken this time and they've you know kind of banded together and like hey we lost the liga but let's you know let's go out there and try to win the champions league um I hope that's the case because that's going to be a much more fun Barcelona team to cover over the next few weeks than like a team that comes out and lays an egg or looks lethargic and barely gets by and then goes and gets clapped by Byron in the next round. So let's hope we see a forward-thinking, positive Barcelona match and can get excited about them playing Barcelona and um, our... we can potentially get excited about them playing Bayern Munich and hopefully they give us something to be, uh, to be positive about. So thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to subscribe. I will talk to you all next week. Enjoy the match. Champions League football is back. It's going to feel, it's going to sound different, but it's Champions League football. So what's not to enjoy?